Welcome to Lawyers Who Lead. I'm your host, Sigal Barnes. As a reminder, this will be the last episode of our coverage of the ABA Tech Show in Chicago, Illinois from last week. If you were at the conference or if you have any questions at all about the insights that you hear, please feel free to reach out to me. Let's get back to our next Lawyer Who Leads and final guest right now. Welcome to Lawyers Who Lead, a podcast that challenges the notion that the law lags behind. I'm your host, Sigal Barnes. Each week, I invite a lawyer who's making powerful changes through extraordinary leadership. In each episode, we'll travel through another lawyer's life, identify what they do best, and then devise how to apply these concepts to your own world. So let's get to it. We have here with us Keith Lee, principal at Sidebar Ventures and founder of Associates Mind and Lawyer Smack. Keith is a lawyer, author, entrepreneur, and has a deep knowledge of all things legal tech. He's also someone who is just gifted at bringing people together and an expert relationship builder within the legal industry. Let's get right into our next interview, recorded live at the ABA Tech Show, coming up right now. Keith, welcome to the show. Good to be here. I am so excited to be at Legal Tech, and especially with you, Mm -hmm. because uh, one of the things that I always found is you are definitely someone who has so many insights when it comes to this conference? Um, Yeah, I've been coming here for 10 years, I think, at this point, minus the pandemic, of course. And uh, it's a fun show. You know, it's evolved a lot over the years. 10 years ago, there were a lot of practicing attorneys coming to the show. And it's not that they're, I mean, I think they've got close to a thousand attendees this year that are pure practicing attendees. But over the 10 years, what I've, and I think most people here agree, that it's very much become like an industry relationships trade show that anybody who's in legal tech, anybody who does legal technology work, almost all the companies that are in that area outside of the big law focused stuff, which has its own thing. But if you're not trying to sell to big law, every other company that sells to lawyers, they end up being here. So people come and it's just as much about seeing people and maintaining relationships as it is you know, walking around, going to sessions and the expo hall floor and stuff. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your lawyer origin story, as well as what specifically brought you into the legal tax space. Sure. So I graduated from law school in 2010 and right out became a practicing attorney. But in my last year of law school, social media was just coming up and blogs were kind of still a thing. So I started a website, Associates Mind, because I felt as though I needed to do something to stand out. It's a crowded field. How do you get noticed? So I started that. It became very popular. Then I went and I wrote for Above the Law for a number of years. I wrote a book for the ABA. And then I started getting into advising, consulting technology companies because they were like, oh, you know, you seem to be really good at getting lawyers' attention and they pay attention, you know. So I did more and more of that. Eventually, uh, I was CMO of a legal tech company for three years. And now I'm just doing my own thing. So tell me, what is one of the biggest insights that you've had so far from the tech show? Hmm. I'm sure everybody's tired as hell about hearing about it. I know I am. But dear God, if everybody's going to talk about chat GBT or some type of AI, generative, large language model, transformer, like there's a vocabulary buzzword bingo card going around that if your company doesn't have those things, well then... We're going to roll it out like it's coming. That's definitely what people are 
talking about right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when we were watching the startup competition yesterday, yeah. one of the biggest things that I saw in a lot of the startup competitions was also like leveraging AI and chat GPT to create a better experience for all of these different technologies that are serving lawyers. I particularly love the one that was a deposition. Did you see the deposition one? Yeah, the depo one. one yeah. I, I feel so bad because I don't remember their names. Parrot? Oh, it was Parrot. That's yeah. right. Thank you. And for all of our listeners out there, Parrot was really impressive to me because what they do is they take the deposition transcripts. You can click on a part of the transcript that brings you back to that part of the video. But more importantly, it can also summarize parts of the transcripts for you. And you can ask it questions about the transcript and the deposition, which is really helpful for attorneys oh, yeah. in various different ways. So. I love that insight. It's absolutely true. People are really talking about how to leverage AI and chat GPT. So great insight. Thank you for yeah. that. So I know I've asked you this in a previous podcast episode, but mm. I'm going to ask you again. Okay. What does leadership in law mean to you? I think probably fundamentally, a lawyer is a secondary role. It's a service-based job. It's easy to sort of get up yourself as a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. I'm fancy and this, that, and the other, and I'm important. But fundamentally you are always in a support role. It's about the client. It's about what's best for the client. So that means you're in a service role. And I think having that type of service mindset, and that's not some great insight. I mean, a lot of people talk about being a service-based leader, but I think it's very true. And I think it's particularly true for attorneys. You don't have a job without clients. Like yes. it's about the clients. So even if you are in-house or something, you've got one captive client, that's still your client. And your right. job is to serve them and it's about elevating other people. How can I elevate the client? Even if it's just, I'm drafting them a will. It's like, okay, well, how can I make this be as best for them as possible? How can I make sure I'm solving their future problems? And having that servant mindset is I think key to being a good leader. I agree. I want to dig there just for a second. Do you have an example that you would say is a good representation of elevating a client? The most basic level is obviously, as an attorney, you've got a fiduciary duty to help your client. It's like, oh, if I can do something and I would make $1,000, but I could also do this for the client and I would only make $100, well, then obviously you have a duty to do the thing for $100. That's a little esoteric and theoretical because I think most people wouldn't do that. I, I remember one time early in my career where you know I was a brand new baby associate and it would take me far longer to do something than we could actually bill for clients. And you just end up writing time off a lot. Like, oh, this took me three hours. I'm going to bill 0.8. And even though I guess technically we could have billed, but it was like the right thing to do was we shouldn't charge clients for me to learn. And so if you're going to genuinely elevate them, serve them in the best way, sometimes you just have to eat it. And there were times early in my career that I just ate it. I think that's really important. I think that it is the responsibility of the law firm to invest in good training and to not pass off yep. that to the client. And I think also it behooves the law firm to invest in that training because at the end of the day, they will then be creating an attorney that will best serve that client in the future. And so, yes, to all of that. So one last question for you. Sure. For anyone that wanted to come to ABA Tech, what is some advice that you would give to that person on whether to come or not, or what to think about if they're considering coming here? Well, for the one thing, you can come and just get an expo hall pass and walk around and see all the technology here, and it costs zero dollars. 
you're not going to get any CLEs. You don't get to go into the sessions. But if cost is concerned, because I think tickets are like $1,000 or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think as people who've been to conferences many times realize, the most interesting part of conferences are not the sessions. It's the hallways. It's the, where are we going to dinner? Oh, let's all be in the lobby bar and have a drink and connect. And it's really about, again, to, at the very beginning of our conversation, industry relations. Even for the people who are regular attendees, I think there's so much value in just coming here and being aware. And the other thing is like, look, as a lawyer, this technology thing might be here for a while. Yeah, I think I, I so. Don't, I don't think it's going to... I think it'll stick around. I think it's going to stick around. <laughs> so at some point in time, it's kind of cliche to say, but the legal profession is about to change, like transformative, disruptive, a lot change in a big way. And the idea that oh, well, I'm just going to kind of truck along and have my practice, and that's just not going to fly. There's too much change. The regulatory changes in a lot of states where they're allowing, like Arizona's at the forefront, Utah's got their sandbox. A number of other states are starting to explore loosening the rules. Yes. All this private equity money, of which there is trillions of dollars out there, that would love to get a bite of the law firm market they never have because of the regulatory burden. That's going to go away. Yeah, it's so like, fascinating. I, I think Arizona's, I think they've got up to 40 non-lawyer-owned companies at this point. Really? All in Arizona just doing stuff, patents, this, that, the other. And forget if once the big four comes, once ENY, Deloitte, all of those people, because they've got legal teams all around the world. Right. They just can't do it here in the States. Once those burdens go away, you think the big four accounting firms with how optimized they are with how they do things, uh -huh. law firms will get crushed. So what should they be doing about it? Anything you can. I yeah. mean, like this is not going away, particularly again, AI, the generative stuff. There's a lot of stuff that coming that is literally going to eliminate a lot of, just like, you know, in the eighties, there were, oh, stick a hundred associates in a warehouse with this thousand boxes of documents and have them manually review every one. If a big law firm tried to do that right now and be like, oh, yeah, no, we don't have an e-discovery platform. We just have associates manually do this. We're going to bill you an extra $500,000 to do it versus another big law firm. It's like, well, we have this e-discovery software and it's going to analyze everything in like two hours. And then we're going to have a small team of associates only review the flag documents and it's going to cost you $50,000. That's it, yeah. right? And everyone knows that story in e-discovery. That's going to start happening again and again. A lot of the software here at the show is like, hey, why do you still generate a table of authorities for a brief when you can like click this button, it analyzes all the text and make a, a case, you know, citations and everything automatically with literally a button press. You know, my takeaway from everything that you're saying is that the industry is going to be just more and more competitive. It's going mm. to require a lot of technology in order for you to remain competitive. And the ABA Tech Show is a great place to see everyone doing it at once and learn all of that in a really succinct way because you're here for two days and you get to see what everyone's doing. You in see the industry. everything. Yeah. Yep. Keith, thank you so much for all your insights. This was an awesome interview. I always appreciate you having on having you on the I show. Love coming. I oh love good. You, I so. love seeing you too. So thanks for coming. And if anyone wanted to connect with you, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, AssociatesMind.com, Twitter at AssociatesMind. I'm around. I'm generally available on the interwebs. Awesome. So. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you, leaders and future leaders, for listening today. We have a new guest every week, so don't forget to join us next week. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe or follow us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also follow at Lawyers Who Lead on social. Let's celebrate and continue to build a community of leaders in law together.
Lawyers Who Lead is made possible by Lawline, the leading online platform for lawyers who want engaging, relevant CLE and professional growth content. For over 20 years, Lawline has helped hundreds of thousands of attorneys level up by providing award-winning courses in hard-to-find areas and high-demand fields. They have so many courses to choose from that are actually really interesting to listen to and watch. That's why Lawline's rated the highest in the industry with over 1,000 verified reviews on Trustpilot. Lawyers who lead listeners get $100 off Lawline's unlimited annual subscription, which means you can take as many courses as you want for a really good price. Just visit lawline.com slash podcast to get the special offer. Check out Lawline for the best content for leaders and future leaders in legal.